Underdog Collectibles is an online shop run for collectors by collectors. Join them every Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday night as they break new products, talk sports, and hopefully you'll pull a great hit to add to your collection. Visit them at www.udogcollect.com and tell them Waxpack Hero sent you. Remember, always bet on the underdog. You're listening to the Waxpack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute. Well, last week I broke a little bit of news on Twitter and then I followed it up with a blog post, but I'm excited to announce today on the podcast that I will be starting the Wax Pack Hero Hobby Shop later this fall. I'll be expanding into a physical brick and mortar presence as well. And I wanted to talk a little bit more about that today, kind of give you a little bit more of the background of how this transpired and also what some of my initial thoughts are on how things might work going forward. Maybe first of all, I just want to start off by saying that relationships create opportunities. The owner of my LCS has been a great resource for me since my return to the hobby back in 2015. And we've had a good working relationship and we have, you know, kind of business models that complement each other well. And as I've kind of started in some started talking about in some of my other episodes, his business model is really what allowed me to start getting cards to sell online. And that's he has a focus on higher-end cards. I have a focus on lower-end cards. That allowed me to pick up some of these big collections of base and inserts relatively cheaply, at least cheap enough that I would be able to make a profit selling them online on Sportlots or ComC or, or some of those types of things. Well, at one point, his shop was two different storefronts, which resulted in there being kind of a second, smaller office area in the store. And a few years ago, another one of our friends worked out a deal to have this space dedicated as kind of a shop within a shop. My friend Vance started Busted Wax at that, at that point, and he ran that shop also as a side hustle with limited hours. And he's done that for the last couple of years. He was open a couple evenings a week and then Saturdays and Sundays. You know, Vance um, ultimately was ready to move on. He typically only had that physical presence. He didn't have a lot of online sales activity. Most of his sales activity was purely in the, in the physical shop. Earlier this summer in the midst of COVID and all of those other types of things going on, uh, he just kind of got to the point where he was ready to move on, and he approached me with the opportunity to buy out his $1 million plus card inventory and essentially take over the operation of the shop within a shop. And so after thinking about it for a few weeks, and my wife and I talking about it quite a bit for over the course of a few weeks, I decided to go ahead and move forward and take the deal. So what in the world am I getting myself into and I think that's a, a fair question. You know, there's a lot of conversation about how starting a, a hobby shop right now is is pretty tough. There's also conversation about how the market is hotter than it's ever been. And those two things maybe some might view as being in conflict with each other. There's a little bit of truth to that. And I wanted to just talk a little bit more about this particular situation because it's a little more 
unique. It's a little more specialized than what you might be thinking or what is traditional when it comes to, to thinking about a hobby shop. So first of all, I'm excited about all the learning and the education that's going to come from this. You know, there's going to be, I'm going to learn things about building relationships, about dealing with in-person customers and some of the other business issues that that'll all be areas where I continue to grow and learn and develop and gain new experience. There's a chance for both operating and potentially shutting down again during this continued COVID environment. And, and that will be interesting in trying to make decisions and adjust and adapt to that. You know, one advantage that I do have is that I've already got an established online platform to move inventory if I'm not able to open the physical shop at some point, if we have to shut back down again. Between ComC and Starstock and Sportlots and eBay, I've got plenty of online platforms where I'll be able to move some of that inventory that's, that's at the physical shop. The other thing is the price I paid was fair, but it was still a pretty significant financial commitment, and I did have to break my rule and dip into my regular savings for a portion of that purchase price. A big chunk of it I had ready to go on PayPal, which fits my traditional model of using card-generated funds to buy more cards, so a portion of that came directly from there but I did have to dip into my regular savings for a portion of that purchase price. Paying myself back is gonna be one of those first things that I'm focused on for these first few months. I wanna make it clear I did not go into debt, I did not borrow any money to, to go into this endeavor, but I did have to use some of the savings from my quote unquote life savings. To be honest, time is actually the biggest question for me. You know, for one, there, there's a million card inventory and probably only about two to 300,000 of it is sorted and listed for sale in the shop. The remaining inventory is in storage and is mostly unsorted. And I kind of figure it's gonna be the good part of six months to a year for me to work my way through that. And that's gonna be a time commitment. And the other is the, the time to physically be at the shop. You know, this is also a side hustle for me. I'm not quitting my day job to to take on this endeavor. And so at this point, limited hours on the weekends is what we're going to try to start off with. And I'm a little bit nervous that even that might end up being a challenge. I don't want to get burnt out. I want to make sure I'm not sacrificing the quality time with my family. I also need to make sure my focus, my main focus is my day job as well at work because that's where the majority of our family's income comes from but I also want to make time for this and dedicate time to be open enough to to make a run at the physical shop and so I'm going to be be giving it a go to putting in some limited hours on the weekends and we'll see how it goes one of the things my wife and I talked about very um, we're very clear about is that we need to be open back and forth on our communication on how this is going. If I'm feeling stressed out or burnout, uh, I need to, to make sure I talk about it. If she feels like it's putting me in a bad mood or that I'm not spending enough time with the family that I want her to be able to talk with me about that. And so between family and my day job coming first and still wanting to make uh, you know time to relax and have some downtime, that time commitment is really the biggest question that I've got. And I think that brings up another interesting point or another unique factor that I wanna share about this that, that makes it potentially more doable than others. 
than others might have in a similar situation. And that is because this is a shop within a shop, we have uh, an agreement or maybe some restrictions that reduce a little bit of the, the complexity. And so one of the agreements that we have is that I am not able to sell any new wax within from the last five years. I'm able to sell older wax that has was out five years or older, but any wax within the last five years, I'm not able to sell as well as new supplies. I'm not able to stock new supplies and sell those because that's kind of a core piece of the main uh, shop's business. And so as part of that agreement to have the shop within a shop, I'm not able to sell new wax. I'm not able to sell new supplies. One of the other key things about this deal that is super helpful is that I'm not responsible for a full, complete retail space lease. I'm kind of renting space within this established shop. And in fact, the the lease or the rent has been prepaid throughout all of 2020 and 2021. So I've got no additional cash outlay that I need to make for the next 15 to 18 months, which is super helpful in this uncertain COVID environment where we're not sure how long or how often the physical shop will even be able to be open. And so that really reduces my overhead. I don't have electricity bill. I don't have an internet bill. I don't even have a, an obligated lease payment. That is all baked in and already prepaid and already taken care of as part of the agreement is, is almost an add-on. I bought the cards and all of these other furniture and fixtures and prepaid lease have already been taken care of. And so my overhead is super, super low. In fact, I was talking with somebody about it, and they actually said, so it's kind of like you're going to have a permanent show set up. And I said, that's that's exactly right. I, I don't have to deal with a lot of the other overhead administrative things that go with running a shop. It'll just be me, so I don't have employees that I have to worry about. I don't have to negotiate a lease. I don't have to do these other things. I'm just able to focus on getting cards listed, priced, sorted, and displayed available for a sale. Now, I'm the only one who makes sales. The, the main card shop owner won't take payment for any of those cards that are on kind of my dedicated section. And so I've got to be there to make that money. But at the same time, I don't have to deal with all of those other things. And so it really is like I've got probably a 12 to 15 table setup that w- that'll be dedicated to my stuff. Some cases, display cases, some retail cases, some shelves of, of wax, but but you know, probably 10 to 12 tables worth of boxes of cards for people to go through. And so that makes it a little bit of a unique setup. I plan to spend most of the month of August getting things organized. You know, there's a, a good stock of older sealed wax, junk wax era um, uh, singles and vintage shingles and some other memorabilia and collectibles but I really need to go through and get comfortable with everything that is there in the shop and see if I want to organize it a little bit differently the shop has essentially been closed since March and has not really reopened to the the public yet and so there's been a lot of price changes and value changes of things that have gone on in that time and so there's some of these products that I'm going to need to reprice before I'm comfortable with um, having them reflect the current market value or giving them a, a discount off of the current market value. And so I need to go through and reprice some things. There's a lot of things um, that are organized in, in big 
quarter and dime boxes and I'd like to try to get some of those set up by teams or by player like I do in my typical show boxes and so I'll be spending a lot of time in August going through getting organized getting things priced and getting things ready to roll and hopefully I'll be open for business beginning in September. I have a feeling that this is it, this adventure is going to lead to a lot of additional content for both the podcast and the blog. And there's undoubtedly going to be lessons that I learn along the way, which I'm going to be happy to share with all of you. You know, as Vance and I did the final inventory handoff, I actually ended up making my first sale that afternoon. And what was it? It was two wax boxes of 1990 score baseball and a sealed wax box of 90210 cards. And so it has begun. Also, I wanted to make sure I gave another shout out to Starstock. I did the review, my review of Starstock in the last episode. So go back and check that out if you haven't listened to it already. I've been buying and selling on there now for a few months and have been very happy with my results so far. And so Starstock is continuing to build things out. They're continuing to to listen. And in fact, one of the things I talked about last time was the unlisted filter. And that's one of the things that is now on the site is a filter to see the cards that you submitted that haven't been priced yet. But they're aiming to be a faster and cheaper place to flip those sports cards, especially rookie and prospect cards from the major sports Again, there's only a 5% commission on your sales. There's no ingestion fees. You send in the cards, and they do all the work to get them scanned, listed, and organized, and they take care of any shipping to customers and all of those types of things as well. If you're interested in getting involved as either a buyer or a seller in creating an account, check out starstock.com. And as I typically like to close out the show, I want to encourage you to check out Hobby Hotline live on Saturday mornings and Monday evenings where we take calls from the listeners about hobby topics that are on their mind, whether that's a question, whether that's a comment, or whether that's just wanting to know more about us or share one of their collecting successes from the past week. Come to the Hobby Hotline, check it out. We would love to talk to you. Well, that's all I've got for you today. So I'll catch you next time.